You're listening to the AFL Unlimited podcast, where we tackle all the hot topics in the AFL and bring you up to speed with everything you need to know in the football landscape. We'll take a look at this weekend's games and have some mixed discussion about what to expect. Let's head up to the box for the opening bounce. Just as cracks were starting to form for some premiership aspirants, they patched them back up just as quick. In the meantime, there are some clubs in freefall as a season ripe with injuries continues to worsen. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to catch our content and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify to hear us weekly. Now, normally this is the point where I would invite the boys in for a bit of a conversation, but due to a comedy of errors this week, let's be honest, uh, we are all recording remotely. So what we're going to do, I'm going to still be your host this week and thank you for listening to the podcast as always, but I'm going to take us through all the segments bit by bit. We've got Chuck with the news first. We'll get to him straight away and then we'll go from there. So let's get into Chuck with the news. Thanks Langers. It's good to be back recording again, again (laughs) this week. Um, And on that bombshell news, I will touch on the news. So Not the men's this week is not the big story of the footy this round. Obviously, the women's had their grand final. Now, the Lions versus Crows. The Lions have had three cracks at it now, and they say third time's the charm. They've got it done and ended up winning by about 18 points in their third grand final visit. It was really impressive. Um, I think we saw arguably goal of the year, even against the men's in Courtney Hodder, stunning goal off the ground. Um... It was pretty amazing to see, and there was plenty of other highlights in the game as well. Plenty of lowlights as also. So for the Crows particularly, injuries have not been kind to them <laughs> this late in the season. Obviously, we know that Chelsea Randall wasn't able to play in the grand final because of concussion. That was quite controversial um, over the few last few weeks, people discussing that. Um but the stand-in captain, Foley, actually did her ACL during the game. And that just even makes a, a, a bad loss even worse. And I think there were a few other injuries and issues that happened with the Crows. So they'd be really disappointed with that performance. They'd wish they'd be able to do it all over again. But, you know, they've already won two premierships themselves. So, you know, may, maybe it was just the Lions' time to shine. Um, But while we're touching on injuries, the Magpies actually have a bit of a scandal uh, regarding their injuries. Now, we know Jordan Degoe and and Jeremy Howe went down with injuries during the game, but it was what happened after they got injured that has been, you know, raising a few flags. They were caught in the rooms by the general broadcast using their mobile phones. Now, obviously, if, if you don't know, mobile phones are completely banned from being used by players during a game. So it's a massive shock, and I think a lot of people were caught off guard by it, how this could have possibly happened. Surely their mobile phones are taken and kept by people um, during the game, and it's really shocking, and I think a lot of people are wondering how severe punishment might be coming down. Now, we aren't aware of it at the time of recording, but I really think they're going to come down hard on this. There's been a lot of controversy regarding you know, using phones and gambling and that sort of thing and the potential for, you know, corruption and collusion and what could happen uh, if you gave players access to, you know, to text in their mates, you know, inside information during a game. No way are we implying that's what happened. But, you know, if you don't go hard on this sort of thing, you open the door for a lot of potential controversy. Um, while we're touching on injury, a big injury happened in the Swans game. Big Buddy Franklin You'll touch on this in your review, Langers, but 
it was really disappointing to see. We were arguing that you know he could be back up to kicking a thousand goals. He might reach that point last week. I think we were talking about it off the back of three goals, three goals, five goals in this game. But he's gone bone bruising, which could end up seeing him miss a few weeks on the sidelines. Not the worst of Sydney's problems, but. It is pretty disappointing to see. I was accused of jinxing a Sydney Swans uh, supporter when I said, geez, Buddy could get a thousand goals after all. And then he, he checked his phone and read that news article right to me after that. And yeah, I think like the footy gods might have been listening to the conversation. And I do apologize, Buddy. Um, but while I'm talking about chats with the public, I do add a request for a, a bit of a news story that really hasn't been getting much airtime at the moment, so thanks Brock for sending it in. Um, he wanted to talk about junior footy across the country leagues and what's been going on there in what is, appears to be a reduction in participation. It's gone down. There's clubs you know, over in Colac and Winchelsea and a lot of Victorian country teams that can't actually get enough players a to even field a team for some of these, let alone get backup reserves and, and to have support that they need to keep a game going, it's really shocking to see. And it could be a, an effect of COVID. Obviously, you know, an entire year of no football can maybe, you know, lose a kid's interest in the game or maybe they find a new venture. They played another game or a sport or they're all addicted to playing Fortnite every day. Who knows? But it's, it's a bit of a shocking uh, one to hear and, and hopefully... You know, if there are young fellas out there listening and, and want to give it a crack, that you know, they do because there are opportunities out there um, and there are teams crying out for additional talent. And we know that this the grassroots is, is where AFL stars are born and it'd be really disappointing to, you know, to miss out on the next Buddy Franklin um, because he decided to give the game away or because maybe, you know, his parents were scared of him getting injured or hurt. So that was Chuck with the little news wrap-up. Now, what I wanted to get into in our Untouched Moment of the Week segment, I've got three things for you. So the first one was in the Geelong game. Luke Dalhouse had the opportunity to let Sam DeConing, the Geelong debutant, run into an open goal, essentially, and kick his first goal in league football. And he didn't. He seemed to uh, run past DeConing and pretty much grabbed the ball straight from in front of him and kicked the goal himself. And we've discussed this with the, the boys before, and they had a mixed opinion. And um, I'm definitely not bashing Luke Dalhouse here, but I just noticed it as something indicative of how Geelong's going at the moment in general. The pressure to kick that goal for Dalhouse wasn't there from pressure to just get the ball and win the game. It was pressure for him to stay in the side, basically. And a lot of teams, when they're losing quite badly, they can fall victim to the um, self-preservation trap, basically. And I think that was a bit of that from Dalhouse at this moment. And Geelong aren't travelling very great, and Dalhouse himself isn't travelling very great. But at that moment, he obviously just ran straight past DeConing and grabbed the ball and kicked the goal. And he was off celebrating. DeConing was visibly disappointed that he didn't kick his first goal, even though he just had a couple of shots at goal there. Um, It was just something I noticed. I think the, the media did touch on it during the week, but probably not from that angle they sort of came in it more from a aha uh, Dalhouse took the, the ball off to Koning. Sorry, mate. But I was sort of reading into it a bit deeper as a Geelong fan. And yeah, just it was a bit concerning. And I hope that, you know, De Koning obviously gets his first goal eventually. But I hope that Geelong isn't under such pressure 
to win and kick goals as to not be you know stealing goals off other teammates especially teammates who haven't kicked their first goal yet which everyone in that crowd knew that SDK was debuting so the next thing I wanted to touch on was uh, the Western Bulldogs player so obviously the Bulldogs have a stacked midfield this year and one of the players who's been eked out of that midfield is Bailey Dale um, he's moved down to the halfback line defense and he's been fantastic so his season this year has been amazing and I just wanted to touch on um, how good he has been so Caleb Daniel came out with suspension this week and he'll come straight back in for Bailey Williams who's actually out with injury but but uh, Bailey Dale has been one constant this year for the Dogs and just wanted to touch on and give a wrap to Dale. There's a lot of star-studded names in that Bulldog side now, but he's been doing a stellar job for the Dogs for sure. The next uh, untouched moment of the week I wanted to touch on was uh, something that probably leads us into our, our more my game review um, was Tom Green from the Giants. So he was dropped after the first round and he was brought back in and I think... The reason he's one of the reasons why the Giants' form has been changed. So he's been playing pure inside mid, um, a bit of last game, but definitely all of this game. So he had 24 touches, and he's he's definitely one of their their brightest stars in the future. And I just think he when he plays in that mid um, position, unlike the half forward position he was playing in the early rounds of the season, that's where he's meant to be. And it's funny what happens when you play players in their preferred position and what it can do for the team as a whole. Um, and obviously, you know, Mumford's come in and, and defined that heart for for the Giants and we'll touch on that game itself now. So the Swans, for all money, I thought, had, had that game won and done and they were up by 20 points in the last quarter and I didn't see the Giants coming back, to be honest, but they just show this grit, this heart, this determination sometimes, and they can just will themselves over the line. And we've seen them do it in a final against Collingwood before. We saw them do it against Collingwood last week, but um, the Giants were fantastic. And, you know, the Swans kids have started to slow down a little bit now, which which is a concern for them. And they've actually been hit with some big injury news as well. So Franklin's going to miss three to four weeks after kicking five goals with some bone bruising. So that's a big blow for them, obviously. But an almost bigger blow is them missing Tom Hickey, the Ruckman, who's been fantastic for them this year. He's arguably been the best recruit of the year so far, and I thought he's been fantastic. But yeah, some some big injury news for the Giants, uh, for the Swans, sorry, coming out of this game. Um, but fantastic for the Giants to get up and get the win, and Tom Green leading the charge in the midfield. So, so that was my wrap up of the Swans and Giants game. I'll hand it over to Chook to cover the Crows and Fremantle, and then Tyson will cover Port Adelaide and Carlton. Yeah, my game for the round was Fremantle versus Adelaide, actually. Now, a lot of us thought the, the way that Adelaide had started the season that they were probably pretty confident coming into this game against Fremantle. I know plenty of people who thought Adelaide would easily take the win over a bit of an up-and-down Fremantle. You know, they've kind of been a bit hit, hit and miss, really, with the, their performances. But I did have confidence in Ferreira, and my confidence was based on Fife and the form that he had been in. But it wasn't just a case of Fife being the star in a 12-point win for the Dockers. Um, it ended up coming from a lot of the youngsters driving the show. Uh, last year, we said a lot about how it was Fife and Walters running the show. They needed more support. Well, now they've got it. Well, they had it last year, but really they've stepped up. Guys like Brayshaw, I think he was he got 30-odd touches and was really leading the pack for, for the whole Fremantle midfield. And I'd say arguably, 
not arguably actually, certainly Brayshaw at the Dockers is the best Brayshaw, hands down. He is absolutely running the show now. He's looking really impressive. Guys like Sarah are also looking really good. It was very disappointing to see him go down with injury. Hopefully it's not too severe and he can come back and, and help drive this team a bit further. But Caleb Sarong has also been playing really well. And it's really impressive that Fife doesn't have to be the big showy. I've got to take this all on. I have to get it in the midfield, kick it down to the forward line and then get the ball back and kick the goal. Whatever position he's in, he can feel relatively confident that he has some young up-and-comers who are putting on a bit of a show as well. Not just the young guys either. David Mundy, I think, Lang, as you have definitely noted, that Mundy has turned the clock and is absolutely racking up disposals. It's really come from nowhere. Um, and I've been really impressed by the way that he's been moving a few of these big fellas. Well, we talk about big fellas in, in, in the midfield, actually. The two Ruckman, it was amazing to see. Um I thought it was a pretty impressive performance. These are two guys who both came in and took over the mantle over the last couple of years, took over the free mantle. In one case, yes, that's a terrible pun. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but they took over from two, you know, stalwarts of their club. Obviously, Sam Jacobs and Aaron Sandlins definitely had been leading their club for several years, being the big guns of the competition. But they both had to step aside because these guys were showing so much. O'Brien and, and Darcy back then are looking really impressive. And at 25 and I believe 23 years old respectively, they could be running the show for years to come. And I can't wait to see those big bodies, um, you know, taken on the ruck for years to come. It was really exciting to see. Um, and that's what kind of excited me about the game. Obviously, the game itself... It was up and down. We thought Adelaide might have been able to take it. They got up to about four-odd points, I believe, in the last quarter. But Fremantle just came in and kicked four goals back-to-back to back-to-back to, back to, to finish it off and to seal the game. And I'm really impressed by this Fremantle side, and I think they can – maybe finals isn't on the cusp because there's a lot of teams competing and a lot of surprise teams competing at the moment. But – I think in the near future, Frio could definitely be there, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens. And Adelaide, definitely can't deny him. They are being led by the front in Tex Walker. He's looking fantastic still, and also led by the back. I think they've really been improved by Duday's um, rejoining the team after a long stint in injury. He's found enough games to, to show some good form. And other backmen, I know Laird plays a bit more midfield, Brody Smith, but they're playing really well as well. And Butts <laughs> in the back line at, at the key position is playing really well as well. Didn't even know who the guy was before this season, and he's performing. It's really impressive, and I'm excited to see how both Fremantle and the Crows keep continuing for the rest of the year. Port Adelaide had Carlton at the MCG, more like the other way around, and it went the way of Port Adelaide, 28-point win at the G. And she, we're, Carlton are in no man's land at the moment. Um, they were competitive, but they severely lacked polish. Uh, Port were obviously much more effective going inside 50. You saw when they distributed the ball going inside 50, it was much more cleaner and effective than uh, when Carlton was sort of vying to go uh, inside 50. They blasted away long and high um, consistently, and, and Port defenders and any uh, decent side 
worth that salt will uh, gobble those up every day of the week. Um, Joey Montagna raised a really good point regarding the Fremantle-Carlton game. Is in Fremantle lost the bat- battle but won the war uh, against the Blues. Obviously, Carlton won on the day with playing Kurno and uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Murphy. The old-timers in the midfield and obviously Frio were able to get some more experience in their kids and, and they're... Um, they are firing at the moment. They've got some really good youngsters at the moment on, on a Fremantle side. But, um, yeah, they, they just uh, – when will Carlton be good? How many honourable losses can you have? Um, it, it just feels like they're, they're consistently uh, disappointing. They, they just can't seem to gel together and have that um, that composure going forward. They, they've obviously – you know, got a few recruits in and it just doesn't seem to be paying, you know, huge dividends just yet and you just kind of wonder when it will be. They they didn't get blown out of the park, which is good, and they sort of stayed around the mark. It was mainly that third turn where Port really got on top. Uh, Georgiatis, uh, Georgiatis uh, my bad, <laughs> and Gray combined for six goals uh, and they were obviously really good for Port. Uh, Walsh was quite impressive. I think he had 29, so... Led all comers there and, um, yeah, just some concerns for Carlton that there's been, I suppose, many games in comparison to this year and last year. You've, they played Richmond last year and it was less of a margin last year than it was uh, this year. Port Adelaide, they've been close the last few times and then, you know, they played this time around and the margins, uh, you know, sort of gone beyond what they probably would have expected and definitely much closer than uh, Robbie Gray can go after the siren. So, when you compare those results, you kind of go, where where are Carlton at? Where, what do they stand for? And what do we expect to see from them uh, in the next few months? So, yeah, it's a very line of the sand game and Carlton just can't keep having honourable losses. So I think, um, yeah, great credit to Port and really good win, but Carlton are in no man's land at the moment and um, they've got to find a way to salvage their season because they're in severe trouble right at the minute. Tiz is just going to give us a wrap-up of the rest of the games for the round. We'll have a look at the rest of round five. And obviously, there was a massive win Friday night, 86-point thumping to the Santana down by the Tigers. We all saw a Tigers win coming, but that was a big, big win. West Coast Eagles, a very comfortable win at home, 27-point winners against Collingwood. The Western Bulldogs, they thumped the Suns by 10 goals. They're in a world of trouble as well, speaking of Carlton being in trouble. Melbourne turned the heat up in the last turn to escape the Hawks by 50 points. Geelong fell over the line against the worst team in the comp at home by five goals. Thanks for that, boys. We'll get into our tips for this week. There's a few big games coming up. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely an interesting round. Uh, I've gone a few similar ones and, and a few different ones you might be surprised. But I've gone for the Bulldogs. I've gone for the Cats with my heart. I've gone Swans, Carlton. I've gone Melbourne, Fremantle to beat North, Hawthorne. Bombers on Anzac, and Port Adelaide to obviously probably demolish the Saints. But uh, yeah, it should be an interesting round. I'm excited. Alrighty, my tips for round six. Can't believe we are six rounds in. GWS and the Dogs. I think the Dogs get the job done. Uh, they've been in super form. I think the Giants will definitely push them. It'll be a very close game. What a rivalry it is. Uh, Geelong have the Eagles in Geelong, and I'm going West Coast. I think they'll win comfortably. Geelong have been playing horrible football, uh, so the Eagles there. Gold Coast and Sydney, I think uh, Sydney, even though it's at Metricon, Gold Coast got a lot of injuries and Swans a better side, will respond. 
Carlton and the Lions, I have gone with the Brisbane Lions. This one's at Marvel, but I think, yeah, Brisbane too good, um, back in some good form. Melbourne Richmond at the MCG was going to be huge. I think Richmond got the job done, though. They've got uh, the D's measure and they're in good form. Going to be a very interesting game, though. Freo have North. This one's adopted, so I think Freeman will get the job done at home. Um, North not really going super amazing. Um, Freo doing nicely. Hawthorne have Adelaide. This one's uh, in University of Tasmania Stadium. I'm going the Hawks with the home ground advantage there. Close one for mine, though. Collingwood have Essendon. This one's at the MCG um, on the Sunday. So I will go the Essendon Bombers to win that one. Uh, they will have to respond from their ter- terrible loss. Uh, and I think, yeah, the Pies have a few injuries. so And they got them got the job done last year. Port and the Saints, this one's at Adelaide Oval. Sink could have won last year, but uh, they're so inconsistent. Port, uh, much more bankable at the moment. So I will be tipping Port Adelaide. And that sums up my tips for round six. Certainly will be a full-on week of football. A couple of massive games this week. The Dogs and the Giants first. I've gone the Dogs. think the Eagles are going to pip the Cats at home because they're in terrible form. Sydney clearly over Gold Coast. And the same with Brisbane over Carlton. The big one is Melbourne versus Richmond on Anzac Day Eve, and I think the Demons will get up over the reigning premiers. Fremantle to take care of North Melbourne at Optus Stadium. The Crows to beat Hawks in Tasmania, even though the Hawks have been in quite good form. The Bombers to get up on Anzac Day over Collingwood, just because of how poor and injured Collingwood have been. And Port to get over Saints at Adelaide Oval. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Sorry it was a bit of a shambles, but we've put together something for you to listen to. Uh, Let us know in the comments how you feel your team's going so far this season and let us know if you do have any questions or anything you want us to comment about next week. Until then, have a good week of footy. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. AFL Unlimited, because footy is limitless.